Hey, what's up, folks? We're live this week for this Thursday's episode of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. We're live on Twitter. Um, if you're listening to one of our pre-recorded podcasts, we are live each and every Thursday on Twitter, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today, we clearly got a lot to talk about. And the biggest news, which we're not even going to waste no time in talking about, is the WWE Thunderdome experience. Uh, one of our colleagues have just went through it. Uh, we obviously we're going to be talking about the experience tonight. We'll talk about uh, what to expect for tomorrow as the real show will be going down. And then we'll obviously we'll transition into uh, this week's events of AEW on Saturday, um, NXT TakeOver, and SummerSlam. So we definitely have a lot to cover. Before we get into it, just want to make sure the team is doing okay. Give our citations to everybody. Gentlemen, how's everything? It's been busy. Yes, just to say the least, it has been an experience <laughs> in many ways this week. <laughs> that is right for on, sure. right on. Obviously, if this is your first time ever listening to the Big O Bell podcast, um, we we talk about news, give our perspective and things of um, what's happening in the world of professional wrestling. We have a little bit of fun in the middle of it where we have a game called Hollow Cameo, which uh, Jamal hosts is where we go to cameo.com. We pick a person and we we. We engage on who's charging more or less in things. It's very fun. You want to check that out. And we kind of round out the show at the end talking about news and other stuff. But before we get started, I definitely want to make sure that I put this out there. Stay tuned because we got a lot of special things coming here. Uh, We have a special interview with um, Eva Marie for a movie that she's done uh, featuring Bruce Willis, uh, Hard Kill. So we'll be talking to her on Monday. So you want to stay tuned for that. Um, and David Arquette has dropped the movie as well. So we will be giving our review, maybe an interview for that as well, if you stay tuned. So I uh, definitely want to stay locked up as we have some definitely cool things coming down the pipeline with that. But yes, let's talk about tonight because tonight has exploded with the news of WWE Thunderdome. And Will, you done got to be the test dummy today. I'm not, I, so I'm not sure if there was multiple wheels on it. Oh, that <laughs> really at least, was. <laughs> But I know at least one of you was on there. So, yes, tell us, t- walk us through the process of, of getting the, the, the notification, the auth- authentication process, and just overall your perspective on the other end of it that we don't see. Yeah, this has been a heck of a week because what they announced this was it Monday morning? Did they announce yeah. the Thunderdome concept? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. WWE, as we know last week, we talked about it on the show, they have taken over the Amway Center in Orlando and they are building this massive fan interactive virtual experience, much like the NBA has done. And a key part of it is going to be video boards all over the building with fans on them. Mm-hmm. So they put out the word this is going to be happening. It's going to debut tomorrow night on SmackDown and mm-hmm. they're rolling it out for, for SummerSlam weekend. That's the big plan. So people were waiting all week. Well, how are they going to do this? How's it going to work? What's it going to be like? Yesterday afternoon, I got an email from WWE. Part of the, uh, I think it came from the fan council mailing list where they mm-hmm. essentially they send you surveys and they ask your opinions on the pay-per-views and mm-hmm. stuff. But it came through that out of nowhere, unsolicited, saying tomorrow, Thursday evening, we are going to be running a test of the Thunderdome. And if you would like to take part, just click here and you may have an opportunity to take part in the test run. And I was like, well, okay, why not? So Uh 
the day before, I guess the test stuff went up for SmackDown, and it was the exact same process as trying to get in for SmackDown. There's a ton of disclaimers on it as far as you can't do a whole lot of stuff. Right. You know? Well, and we'll we'll talk about that. And 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 just to be clear, so the run tonight was the pre-test for the entire weekend, yeah, including SmackDown SummerSlam. So this is essentially a dark match test run. Yeah, this, this was there was no public invite to this. Mm-hmm, they had to mm-hmm. hit you up and yep. you got so they the my call time was at 6:15. Yep. I saw people coming around 5 o'clock saying they were going on there and they were just seeing a video loop and nothing was happening. Okay. So I was sitting there like, okay, what the heck's going on? Mine doesn't say anything to 6:15. Yeah. And yep. 6:15 comes, I go to my email, I click the link and it brings you to a registration page with very much your typical streaming setup or like, you know, they want access to your mic. They want access to your camera and essentially says you could be booted at any time mm-hmm. if they see fit. You know, nothing you terribly surprising okay. by exactly. any of that. So I try to go in and I get the spinning wheel of doom. I'm just <laughs> you know, attempting to join, attempting to join, <laughs> attempting to join. And I'm just like, OK, it doesn't seem to be doing nothing. I let that sit there for a couple minutes. And in the email, there's all these warnings about this link will only work once. Mm-hmm. Do not close your window. That's it. And it sat. I let it sit there for a couple of minutes. And I was like, this isn't doing anything. So let me give this another try just out of curiosity. So I hit the link again. And lo and behold, that time it worked. So yeah. the link will work more than once. Do not be frightened by the uh, one and done link they send you. Not sure if that's going to be the case tomorrow. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. All bets could very well be off tomorrow night for SmackDown. So the second one comes up and I got in there right as the match that was happening with between it was um what's his name? The guy from uh, Jake Atlas, Jake Atlas. And I don't sure who was the other guy. To Hootie he from the uh, DMV kid. Okay, okay. Yep. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they were very much just the match, obviously, was not the focus of what they were doing. Yeah. They were very much testing the technology. There was no commentary. It was just the sound of the arena. You could hear the ref very loud and clear doing stuff. Mm-hmm. The screens, obviously, are the first thing you notice. They take up the entire back, they wrap around the side. And the first thing that jumps out to me is like a ton of them were not on. And also a ton of the same people were showing up all over the place on these (laughs) on these screens. It was like, you know, a wall of like five of the same person and seven of this person and four probably by probably by design. You know how people are. You know how the bots are. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, we have no idea how many people they invited, what the setup was. My guess is kind of that they were trying to do a deal where the number one concern was testing the bandwidth. Of this darn system. Of course. That, that was my assumption is that it was all about the bandwidth. Like I said, there was no commentary. There was no sound coming through our mics. They had sound piped in. So it was just like ambient crowd noise with no commentary. Mm. And then just this wall of people. And that was it. That's really all it was. And they tried a couple different camera shots. And depending on the camera angle, it was a lot easier to watch from different camera angles, the hard camera shot that we posted picks up of on, you know, at big, old, big old belt group at BGB group on the Twitter. And that bleacher report has a uh, sent out on our behalf. They, they show some different angles and depending on the angle you're at, it's easier to watch. Yeah. I'm very curious how it will come across on SmackDown tomorrow night. I'm not reading a whole lot into what I saw tonight. Cause I figure this is a test. I think the big thing was they just wanted to test the darn internet feed, see if it worked. I did get dumped out of there maybe two times. 
while I was on it, but then I just hit the link again. And it took me right back in, mm-hmm. in the course of watching it. I did turn up in those screens that were on there. I was looking the whole time and I did pop up and it was interesting that what I saw on the screen, when I did pop up on a screen, I was a still image. It was not video of me doing anything in the background. So it was, it was, it was interesting, but how it's going to work in practice on national TV tomorrow night. And this weekend, I'm really not sure. It's, the biggest thing I'll say is this: it is a lot to take in. It is a very yeah. overwhelming image when you first see it. So, yeah. thoughts from 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 you guys from seeing the pictures and stuff and all that. So yeah, I guess I guess from a, a technical standpoint, I I do agree that if you're going to do something like this, then bandwidth is priority. You definitely want to make sure that you can um, execute that, and then security is the other thing. But that's mm-hmm. typically not something. Um, that, you know, a lot of businesses or, um, or organizations have fundamental problems with. But bandwidth is always an issue, um, as we know from multiple things. I mean, even events that are sponsored by uh, cell phone companies have had major bandwidth issues. So um, it's good to see and hear that you didn't have too much of a hiccup there. So but the reauthentication process is what I'm wondering about. So you got knocked out. And did you re-enter back to where you were at, or did you become a new instance? Like, how yeah. do they handle that? Because maybe that's the reason why we are getting some of the cloning in there. You know what maybe, I mean? I don't, yeah, maybe it very well could be. When I went back in, the first time I went in, you know, I had to put in like name, email, and all that stuff. I essentially, make a profile. When mm-hmm. I went back, I had to do none of that. I just clicked okay. the link and it went right in. But okay. it went to live whatever was happening at that moment it's not like i rejoined where i got booted out or something yeah. so maybe that it was part maybe people were going in and out and i was creating multiple seats for them yeah i don't know i mean that that's obviously on their end that could be something that could totally be happening i don't know like i said that that email totally has the warning about this will only work one time but okay that definitely was not the case tonight <laughs> okay and then um so you, you got one match um and you got to hear Crowd, um, you said the the, the crowd ambiance is what yeah, you were hearing. They were not putting in any sound from our mics, that's for sure. Which I'm sure would be a mess. I don't see how they could. But you didn't hear from other fans. No, no. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and see them, but not hear them. And, and I guess I mean for me is this like the biggest thing is that people want a live crowd there. I see how it works in MLB, and Jamal has been very ad- uh, adamant about you know this is something they should have done. They absolutely have taken the steps of saying getting a residency you know using the technology at hand creating this experience so this is nothing that has not been done which means they're not reinventing the wheel here um it's just a matter of the bandwidth you know whoever their servers or provider is make sure that they can they can contain this but my whole idea is that i guess the basis is supposed to provide that extra level experience outside of the crowd noise that they're automatically going to generate so does this now complete the 2020 experience in professional wrestling like does this provide every aspect of what everyone needs now i mean you're not getting you're not getting live reactions you're just getting uh reactions as long as far as vocal and 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 emotes is obviously as obviously but you're just getting a face moving around that's obviously expressing to what they're saying but you're not actually getting the voice here so does i mean does it is this the happy is this the happy thing that everybody's all ultimately being wanting now? Like, does this solidify it from the wrestling world at least? Because again, for baseball, it works for me. But like, everybody, you know, a lot of people's reaction to 
the no crowd thing is it's not the same because there is a crowd. So is this the is this now the solution for everything? Is everyone now happy now that there's a ton of faces gritted? And I don't even have to even ask you guys that because based on Twitter right now, there's a lot of different things where people are saying, yeah, like one, I don't see the point. You know, it, it, I think this sucks. Obnoxiously distracting. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people talking about being distracting, which I could see. Like I said, my biggest thing was it was overwhelming <laughs> when I saw it. I got that was my this, first reaction. This look bombs. Oh my god, the marks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my other question down that Jamal getting in there too is: there how do they prioritize who's in what position? Good question. Who knows? There was nothing on my end that showed you anything like if you were live or where you were in the building. From my end, all it was was a window of showing the showing the, the match feed that, mm-hmm. you know, that the pictures show. And then a little window down, you know, in the corner of the screen showing my camera. And that was it. Yeah. There was no other kind of controls, no buttons to hit or nothing. It was very as a very simple interface. Just this is what you're watching. Here's how you look on camera. And that's mm-hmm. it. So they're doing all that on the back end and not telling you nothing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest question that I have is not necessarily what's the point, because personally, when I was the, when I first heard that WWE Thunderdome was coming, I honestly thought that it was the pay-per-view after SummerSlam. <laughs> that they had, no, seriously, I, I thought that no, they, I, had, they retired Hell in a Cell after mm-hmm. the debacle last year or earlier this year. And um, at Thunderdome was going to be the new Hell in a Cell. So Sounds that's why I right. was hoping that, you know, especially with The Fiend and and, um, and what's his face, Braun Strowman was going to have like a Thunderdome match and it was going to be a thing, you know, two minutes or one man leave for the championship. I don't know exactly what that match would specifically entail, but it would be a hardcore match inside of a post-apocalyptic cage and they can dress it up and do the whole thing. What they did was put TV screens on the Hell in a Cell. <laughs> and that's fine. It's going to have to be fine. <clears throat> because for the people that have complained about the lack of uh, a crowd and the thing that, that thing that makes wrestling wrestling, and that's why it's a hard comparison to other sports. You can't just say that well, you need the crowd there in baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in soccer, uh, because uh, the crowd plays more of a role um, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as an ambiance in soccer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing I miss about baseball the most is the fact that I can't buy a ticket. It's not necessarily hearing, you know, shirtless dudes in Section 8 million doing the Brave Chomahawk chalk or, <laughs> or, you know, the Seven Line Army, you know, dancing in, in, in right center field. I just want to go to the damn game. Yeah, absolutely. Right, the live experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So with that said, with so since Thunderdome isn't a pay-per-view, it's just going to be how SmackDown and presumably Raw uh, looks for the next for the foreseeable future. It, it kind of makes you wonder what that will look like. Like, you know, how would these uh, you know screens and you guys touched on it a little bit? How will these screens you know interact with the product? You know, is somebody going to you know? And, and of course, since you're at the mercy of WWE, the one thing that the one thing that you can do worse than having no fans is having inauthentic fans. They, they WWE got criticized when they brought in you know people on the payroll to cheer for them, 
uh, during Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. They got criticized, uh, you know, for the same deal happening in NXT. So it's kind of like I would rather have no fans at all than a bunch of people on the payroll being told how to cheer. That's the worst because the wrestling, you know, fan experience is about hearing that authentic ear splitting reaction to a thing that happened to a move that you haven't seen or to an entrance that you, you know, don't know or whatever. It's going to be really interesting to see like Adam Cole do his thing and the crowd on a three second delay, boom. And then all the different screens kind of do it out of sync. It, it will be interesting. Uh, and also who, who do they get priority to? Are, is somebody that's more attractive going to get front row center? Are they going to put, you know, military or veterans there? What if somebody switches places and they put their cat in, in, in the hot seat instead of sitting there through a, uh, an entire show? Will people log off doing raw? I mean, it's a three hour show. You can't keep them there. So these are questions. And I think that that's going to be an interesting thing that happens when it happens, you know, starting this week. But I think the biggest thing of course, is going to be not necessarily seeing all the screens around the ring and finally taking up the, the hockey rink uh, around the, the boards around the ring is that how will this look for the entrance? You know, will they do the original set from Raw and SmackDown since the rest of the space is being filled with video boards? Um, you know, what happens if your internet connection isn't fast enough? Does that disenfranchise people in rural parts of the country that are still dealing with dial-up. Um, you know, you can have a diehard fan that lives on the top of a mountain, so he'll never be a chance to, to get in. Uh, you know, so that these are things. Um, how many fans were from, from overseas? You know, would they... Are, 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 a lot of uh, Europeans stay up very late to watch Raw for some reason. Would they get a chance? Are, are they, you know, a part of the experience? So that is I, a part of it. But. Well, I will, well, I will say this. Uh, from what I'm reading for the guidelines for tomorrow, you know, it says first come, first serve basis. Now, I will say this, and this is a comparison that I hope I never ever have to bring up on a podcast ever again. But it is absolutely feeling like it's going to be really politically driven in a non-political way how the Jordan ticketing system are with all these shoe sites where – you know, you may get there at the moment you're getting in, but maybe you don't enter. And that's going to cause a big fuss because the first come, first come, first serve basis, where you're dealing with all these different factors, with which server or which, what, what, who's the closest to the to, to the local um, hosting site server and any type of hiccup. Is there a waiting line for it? Will there be bots? Of course there's going to be bots here. Because if, if there's a chance for anybody to be involved in something, or monopolize it. Hell, I hope people don't start trying to figure out ways to monetize this. Oh, you but, know, seats are going to go off on eBay on Tuesday it. morning. It's going to be something for sure. You know it. Right. But, you know, these are realistic questions. These aren't raining things. These aren't just trying to find reasons to be uh, to, to be negative about this. These, when, when anything's free, <laughs> that that has any t- form of leverage of it is going to be messy. So I'm number one. I'm glad they did the test run to get out the hiccups as far as the tech- technological stuff. But now it's going to come down to the user versus this, and I can see a lot of crazy things happening. I I will say this: the one thing I'm really hoping is that they keep this at a minimum. Now I like what they did today. If this is full capacity, 
then that's cool. But keep it at a minimum because for that reason, you got to keep people interested in coming back and wanting to do this each and every week. If you're going to give 300 people a chance to do it, which 300 is probably nothing, to be honest, for their viewership, I still think you keep it at a minimum. That way you make sure that you fill up these blocks each and every week. And yes, they're going to have to figure out something to make sure that you can't authenticate authentic, authenticate twice, whether mm-hmm. it's reading the IP addresses or whatever it may be. But oh. even that's even that may be an issue. Because if you're giving up your IP address again, use a fool. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, they're asking Dude. for emails, but they don't think they're going that yeah. far. Yeah, don't yeah. send me your IP address. <laughs> but, but they will. They should have a security measure that you can't ping this from an IP address multiple times. Because yeah. I can see somebody saying, I'm going to get in there. And they set up a whole server to ping this thing a hundred times to make sure to get into it. Oh, mm-hmm. you know somebody with the link is going to try to DDoS it. You yeah. already know. It won't be long. I, I give yeah. it two weeks before we find out some form of hacking or something happening. So, well, yeah. well here's, here's a question. And I think re- realistically, aside from the possible you know, technological logistical errors, there, there are three questions that I want to answer. Is this better than having live fans? That's number one. Because the Amway Center is a, is a legit, state-of-the-art NBA hockey arena, 17,000-plus fans. If you took 10% of 17,000, that's 1,700 fans. Let's call it 2,000 to give it a nice flat number. If you're telling me that 2,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, which is probably not a good idea because COVID, but 2,000 people respectfully golf clapping during a Randy Orphan match, um, is better, it's better to have the, the screens versus 2,000 people in stands. It's not even about the revenue gate. That's not the problem. They already bought the building. It's about the experience and recreating an authentic wrestling experience. And for a lot of people, that includes actual fans and the spontaneity that the fans bring to the table if they're good. Or if they're, if, and, and that, that leads to another issue, question number two, will this actually absolve WWE of putting on a shitty product? Now, yeah. we're, going to talk of, we're going to talk about SummerSlam later, um, but Raw and SmackDown, has not been good. If you think Raw and SmackDown has been good over the last two months, let <laughs> me know. I want to know why you why you why you like it. Yeah, you're 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 not getting the solution to everything in one day. Oh no, uh, no, the, no I need the, it right the, now. Yeah, the, right, because SmackDown tomorrow. I need it right now. The, the what happens on the show is what happens, but I think that for me, fans or no fans, the wrestling was going to have to do the wrestling. And the storylines and the whole show itself was going to have to do it regardless of fan or not. I feel like this is a solution because the fans want it. And the I guess my question is, well, does this overall improve viewership? Now, I know for a fact that whenever you can get fans involved in anything, then that does peak interest. So that makes me wonder what's going to happen next week when we're looking at viewership. Is it going to be, is it going to spike? Of course it will, because everybody wants to know how this is going to be done. SmackDown is going to have great numbers tomorrow because everybody wants to see how it's going to be done. Hell, you can look at Twitter analytics right now on, you know, wheel coverage of this right now. And you can tell that there's a lot of interest there, but overall, is this the solution to what everybody has been mad about the lack of fans? And I think, Seeing fans does nothing for me, but a way that fans can interact, I'm cool with that. 
I would have been cool with that. I think, you know, I, I had this rant on another conversation about San Diego Comic-Con and San Diego Comic-Con is all about the fan experience going there, uh, whether it's for comics, movies, or uh, or just cosplay, whatever it is. And, co- and San Diego, they did pre-recorders on YouTube and completely blocked the comments. So therefore you watched the tape and that was it. With no interaction. No interaction. Mm-hmm. Funimation did one where they had their own site and they had an interactive chat that went on during it. So cool. So it can be done. I'm wondering, is there a way that WWE can create, you know, uh, a discord or something on their site for fans to be interactive with? Because that's all they want to do. Fans want to be part of this sprint. They tried that already. Don't you remember Tout? (laughs) (laughs) Tout coming back. No, you guys joke. But I'm actually dead serious, and and hey, Damien, for for just you know hopping hopping in there. But, Jamal, no more. Ta- you get no more tout uh, references. That's oh my it. ass! Because this is <laughs> this is exactly you know what we're talking about. WWE tried to curate a social media platform. It fit in Hindenburg almost immediately, and everybody's talking about how we want to tout it out. That didn't happen. <laughs> the the thing is, is that for this experience in the Thunderdome, my third question um, is why brand this as something that it isn't. When you think of Thunderdome, if you're of a certain age, you're going to think of a a very different experience Mm -hmm. that isn't this. This is just SmackDown. Where's Tina Turner? Come on now. Well, (laughs) exactly. Where's (laughs) Tina Turner? You know, but but, but really, that that is like the question. You you think of these things, and, and immediately the memes popped up with, you know, um, Mel Gibson and Tina Turner and all of that. And and it's not that. It's just SmackDown. Yeah. So why not just call it SmackDown? Well, well, Jamal, you know it's WWE. Everything has to have a name. Everything. Mm-hmm. Every little thing, every little experience, every little transaction has to have a name. Well, I know you wanted to get in there and say something before I cut you off. Yeah, the only other thing more I want to mention is now there is some more aspects to this that they did not do anything within this. So they mentioned in the when they announced it Monday, there's supposed to be drones, some kind of drone cameras involved. And there's also like an entire where the dome parts coming from in Thunderdome is there's essentially a dome over the ring with like projection panels on it in parts that they're going to be using, I guess for the entrances and stuff. They did nothing with any of that tonight. So tomorrow on SmackDown, and I think also come SummerSlam, especially I'm imagining they're going to do a lot of stuff with the entrances with some crazy camera angles and effects with these panels. I think it's going to be similar to NXT. Don't get your hopes up. NXT has the five sided uh, uh, video board at the top Mm -hmm. of the building. And they usually do the thing where the person stands with a ring apron and the camera looks basically up their nostrils right. to the video board that's that displays down. Uh, I, I think that's a similar deal that they're looking for. Probably a larger um, version of it. But a larger it, version of it. And, and, that's, but, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, they moved into a bigger building because, honestly, they could have just did it at Full Sail. Full Sail is, is aesthetically more pleasing um, than Raw uh, than Raw SmackDown has been at the Performance Center. But they didn't want to do that. Okay, fine. But, but the, the residency is... Easily the smartest decision here. I, Full Sail was not going to be. If you're going to bring in fans, but also too, also too, let's not forget, Full Sail might have just started class last week because a lot of schools went back to school. So who knows what the state of uh, of Chernobyl, Florida, is doing with their educational system? <laughs> but school started last week, so you know that could have easily forced their hand. And the other biggest thing is too, if you ever still wanted to have fans but still have this experience, you still got to have a state of art 
um, arena that's going to be able to do so. And Amway over Full Sail is not even a question. No, no, no. Well, that's the thing. I'm not comparing the two for the use of – it's either no fans in Full Sail every time or some fans at the Amway Center or any you know large arena. I said Tropicana Field for um, SummerSlam mm-hmm. because 10% of 40,000 is 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. That would be the largest audience the WWE has had since February. So if you can get four to 5,000 screaming fans in, inside it for SummerSlam and dress it up and do the whole deal, call that Thunderdome because it is in a dome itself. But now they came up with this thing with all the screens and, and you know, it reminiscent of the NBA, which has a giant video board and, um, and stuff like that off to the side. At the end of the day, it, it, it is something new right now. In two weeks, it will not be new anymore and we'll start to focus on the fact that the matches suck. Unless you like Bailey and Charlotte and, and Sasha Banks. Yeah, look, looking at this right now, you know, at this point, I don't think a lot of fans are caring about what's happening in the ring because there's been a lot of quality matches that people aren't giving a lot of credit that was due. I think it literally just comes down to the fact that people want to be part of something. So if this is a way that you can get people involved, engaged, and no matter if it's this guy over here that's in this one line multiple times over here, <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, they're there. And if this ultimately results in improved viewership, then it's a win here. Uh, so, I, d- dude, look at this person down here. I mean, again, I, I understand they're going to probably work out the kinks. They're going to they're going to get through this and all. But this is what people wanted. People wanted to be involved. And this is just a test, so we don't take this with a grain of salt. This wasn't live. And hopefully, you know, by tonight and all until tomorrow, they'll get the kinks out. And, uh, and you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm not – the name is the least thing that I'm worried about here. I'm just curious as to bandwidth was, was my issue. Bandwidth and security, mm-hmm. probably because I do IT. But nonetheless, I just wanted to know, well, how as a person that's involved in this, well, what do I get as far as – um, interaction or anything, and I, I another thing I think you know as much as you bring up tout, they could have used a platform on the WWE network for people to you know second screen experience to be able to have them to chat in there. They and tried people, that. What, with, remember, with, the net, when the network first came out back in 2014, they had a second screen experience on the mobile right. version of the network. Right, but you wasn't able to engage with it. I'm saying creating a chat room for people to talk on. Right, and, right. you know, if you if you because have a wrestling paper, Twitter is so wholesome. Right, exactly. But at the same time, it doesn't even matter because as much as people complain, they still come back. I'm saying from a business standpoint, from WWE, this is a step forward, and I think the next thing to step forward because now people you get to see fans or you get to see your face, whatever makes you happy. But how do you get people involved? And I think that you know, since you can't directly interact with the show who knows if talent is going to be there interact with you that will be interesting to see what happens tomorrow yeah. this but, is what you do make them pay well that's that, what i'm getting no, at that's what i'm getting at if you yeah, have a yeah, paid tier your, your premium thunderdome experience or if you have a paid <laughs> tier on um on the wwe network let no, you even, be no, the ones that no, can do that not even that the individual make them pay uh make them, pass, make them pass make them like a uh, like yeah like a patreon type of a deal like a backer, because you don't want somebody that's going to get in there, no matter how much money they have, and be an asshole. Well, I mean, chat, he doesn't want that. So make them take a test. 
chats are easy. They're a fan. Chats are easy to regulate. You, we know that. You can regulate chats easily. Every single chat. You can, but how do you integrate that with a with the FCC compliant television audience? Same way you do it with the Twitter when they run when they used to run the um the lower third like we're doing basically too. You screen it for for keywords, uh, which I found out too from production in WWE that they actually use Tweet that. So they screen it for certain words and, and five. And they pick five. It's fine. But at the same time, that that literally drives people to want to get in there and do so. Like, I can't tell you enough how many fans want to be so part of the show so much that they even brag that they were the ones that started a chant. So the Are fact you that you fan could- enough, 50 <laughs> bucks a month to get us get a monthly pass for WWE uh, Thunderdome. Well, well, we'll talk about it in the second half because we're going to we're going to go to cameo now. But I w- we will talk about SummerSlam and their virtual one-on-one packages that they're offering. We'll see what we think about our, uh, our, our thoughts on that and if people are going to sign in. But I will say tonight is, I believe, a, a successful night for their test run. It's getting mm-hmm. people talking. People have ultimately signed up. And you will see what the ultimate product is for tomorrow. We'll talk about ratings, obviously, next week with this. We kind of could talk about ratings for NXT tonight. Well, I guess we'll get to that in the news. But, uh, yeah, so that's our first half of the show, uh, talking about WWE Thunderdome and experience, our reactions, and so on. Uh, at this point now, we're going to be transitioning to our little break, a halftime game, and that is hosted by no other than Jamal the Giant Crab and Hi. Ilo Cameo. So, uh, you know, Cameo, uh, you know it, you like it. Basically, you, you find your favorite celebrity and uh, – if you want them to shout you out or whatever you need them to say to you, words of encouragement, um, you know, you know, uh, any, any, almost anything you want, just be respectful and come with cash in hand uh, because <laughs> Lana, Mrs. Rusev, oh, is charging a premium. But is Lana charging more than Washington native and NBA great Steve Francis, the franchise, if you will? By, by the way, Jamal, I think you need you also need to give an introduction and saying also come with your right conduct because uh, shooting your uh, shot. No, 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 no. That's not for me to say. <laughs> and you want to pull an Antonio? Then by God, do it. <laughs> can I can I ask another question? So Steve Francis. Yep. Is he the greatest? Is he the greatest Maryland basketball player? University of Maryland basketball player? No, because there's a guy named Lynn Bias that Lynn was Bias. Awesome. Yeah, geez. So, yeah. Okay. So, so yes, obviously you go there. But I, I saw all wild on my Facebook that somebody said Steve Blake is the greatest Maryland basketball player to come out of University of Maryland. He's the greatest four year. Yeah, he's no. four years there. Blake was even good. even even more than Juan Dixon. Um, I would go with, uh, you know, Joe Smith. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Steve Francis. We can talk about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve Francis or Lana. Definitely going Lana being Lana's higher more. here. So I'm definitely going to see it. So the question is, yeah, Steve Francis is lower here. Yeah. I got to go with that too. Lana's got to be higher. At thirty-three dollars, <laughs> Steve, Steve Francis <laughs> is definitely not charging as much as Lana. A steal. <laughs> I don't yeah. even. I, I can't even trust myself to even get what he promised on that cameo, knowing Steve Francis' reputation in the last few years. <laughs> well, thirty-three dollars. I don't know, man. That's that's a very specific number. Um, 
but also another basketball player and Lakers legend, Byron Scott. Okay. Former coach. charging more than Lonnie? No. I'm not sure, but I know if you wanted Byron Scott as like a recommendation or something, that would be good use of money. So this could potentially could be a steal here. Um, But I'm definitely going to go lower. Yeah, got to be lower. I'm sure Lana has a very high opinion of herself. (laughs) As she should. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) But at $400, Byron Scott is charging more than Lana. Wow. Wow. Former, Former coach, yeah. Yeah. NBA great, yeah. I yeah. mean, $400, you better use that as like a recommendation of your AAU coach or something. You better make it count. <laughs> right, basically. I mean, that's pretty much what it needs to be. Uh, but, you know, Byron Scott, a legend. Uh, also, Christian, WWE superstar. Ooh. Is he charging more? Are, are his peeps willing to pay more or less than what uh, Lana get, uh, is charging? That's so, a tough one. I've been I've been really wrong about this in the past, and I say the people that understand the convention world as far as charging meet and greets and signings, they understand how much money you can make on a quick transaction. Mm-hmm. So my thing is that he's not looking to make a killing off of one. There's longevity in this. I'm definitely going to go lower here, and I think it's also going to be at a still price, somewhat of like I can see Christian at like sixty dollars. Yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing Christian is under a hundred, and he's looking for volume. That's my yep. guess. Not a That's premium as well. Well, you'd be right. At eighty nine dollars, uh, yeah, Christian is charging less than Lana. Last one because we have uh, a lot of other stuff to uh, to cover. Uh, you know, back to basketball. It is the playoffs, don't you know? But back to basketball one last time for. Former player, former uh, Magic, uh, Tracy Murray. <laughs> former Magic, and you former go Wizard. Tracy, Tracy Murray, not yeah, Tracy McGrady. Trailblazer. Former Blazer, yeah. <laughs> lower, bullet. lower yeah. by all means. <laughs> now, see, the thing is, is that Tracy Murray not is not a name that comes up. You know, it, it, when, you, when you talk about greatest anything that's do with basketball. But Lana's charging three hundred dollars. Tracy Murray is charging two hundred and twenty-five dollars. So that's Never. still a hell of a lot more than I would pay to talk to Tracy Murray. Never. But but I'll, Lana's charging a smooth three hundred. I'll catch him at, at at some local event, <laughs> walking around unnoticed. Yeah, I'll catch like him at when, the big three. Yeah, big three. You're right. Oh, that would be great, actually. <laughs> For sure. I think C. Francis was in big three, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was. He was. I think he walked out, though. <laughs> Put Steve Francis in Vegas. Good idea. Well, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Cameo this week because it's a bit truncated because we have a lot more to cover. Yeah. Okay. So right away, we're going to AEW and their news. So the press release hit around, what time was that today? It hit this earlier morning. today. Uh, I'm this morning, early in yeah, the morning, early in the morning, yeah, 12 o'clock, so. got it, yeah. 12 one exactly, and that is because AEW Wrestling had an announcement, and the announcement stated that AEW is to host live ticketed events at 10 to 15% capacity at Daly's Place open air venue. I love open air 
being stated in the headline here, because I think that is a lot of people saving grace as to what style of event, stadium, whatever it may be. And open air, I think, um, is definitely a key word here. Uh, but yes, yeah, starting Thursday, August 27th, live open air shows at Jacksonville, Florida, open to limited, physically distant spectators in compliance with state and local regulations and CDC guidelines. Loving that. Um, a lot of more, a lot more information came out as far as ticketing, uh, stadium design. Um, what else came out with that? They, again, they make emphasis on the percentage of crowd. So instead of going down everything right now, because a lot of the safeguard uh, information has already been out. A lot of it, I feel, replicates uh, New Japan. Actually, I didn't see anything about the cheering factor. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Tony Khan made a statement on this release as well. Um, which you can read because it's on AEW's Twitter. But instantly, when you guys heard this news today, is there a breath of fresh air here? Is there still, I mean, I guess it's ignorant to say there's still a lot more work to be done, but is this a good step forward? Is it too soon? What's mm-hmm. it, we've been tweeted at with that. What's, what's your reactions on seeing this or, or seeing and reading this news earlier today? Yeah, see, seeing what they put out, and how it's described once you get the graphic that they put up of how the 100 section that's close to the ring is going to be completely empty they're not letting anybody down there they're putting people in the 200s and 300s and putting them in what they're calling separate pods of two three four and six tickets so essentially they're putting groups of people together is what they're trying to do probably the idea is like if you bring your family you all stick together. We put a bunch of space around you and then put some other people over here and kind of spread you around the area is what I guess they're trying to do. As you mentioned to James, the Daly's place is outside. So that's a definite plus. I like the way they're handling it. I like the idea of it. I think, hey, you know, if you're going to try to dip your toe into it, this is the way you go about it. That said, we're still talking about Florida. So if you're... <laughs> If you are doing this anywhere, you are still doing this in one of the hot spots of the entire world. So I got to be worried. I got to be worried. No matter how careful you're being, you're still in Florida. So cautious, very cautious about this whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damien, your voice has been kind of quiet since you joined. (laughs) What's your thoughts? Well, Welcome it's to the show. Well, by the way, welcome back, Damian Salty G. Oh, Two week hiatus. Had to had to do some life things, you know, some adulting. But welcome back. It's good to be back. Uh, stuck here another year in Dallas, but you know, at least I don't have COVID, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, COVID free still, so that's always good. But to answer your question, I like the fact that they are separating the 100 section. I, I thought. When I first heard about the the preliminary thought about this, I said, there's no freaking way the lower bowl gets filled. They have to separate people. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, they did that. Number two, the ticket pricing is what really interests me is how much do they think they're going to recoup from these ticket sales? And do AEW heels get a discount? Like those are the kinds of things that went through my through my dome as far as trying to understand, you know, how they're going to price this. And then how are you going to police people walking in the, the courtyards or the walkways away from the, their assigned seat? So are there going to be concessions? Are people going to be mandated to stay in their seat the entirety of the show or in the little bubble? So those are the little safeguards I'm curious about. Because as much as it's outdoors, as much as it's 
safeguarded to borrow will's point it's still florida they are the yeah. worst one of the they've overtaken texas as the worst of the bunch i'm very happy about that so they didn't even know florida was ever under them or ever above them briefly briefly but now we are we we, we are in the safe zone apparently to go into stage three stage four but I, honestly i'm looking forward to see what the waiver is going to say like hey if you come into this event you sign this you cash covid you can't sue uh, yeah. I, I would love to see the legal jargon behind that. And to be honest, I wonder how the talent is going to feel about that. I know they're letting limited fans in now at Daly's Place, but a full-fledged fan experience akin to Thunderdome or with live people is going to be... It's going to be fun to watch as a viewer at home. I don't know how the experience is going to be live, and I, I can't wait to talk to people who have actually gone and not contracted COVID after this is all said and done. <laughs> So I, I think that we, as we talked about a residency, um, what I think AEW could have done is make them pay. If yes. you are willing to set aside six Wednesdays for, and that, that'll get you through the next six weeks, assuming that they do it live every week from now on. But let's say that they do, and if you're willing to buy six Wednesdays worth of tickets, and that guarantees that AEW knows that this person will show up every week. And if they obviously can't make it, then because of reasons, then they can't make it. Um, different people raise the risk of catching, uh, you know, COVID. So if you have the dedicated, the most you know, dedicated that are willing to plunk down the money, like, you know, it starts at $30, but you must buy six, six tickets. Or you must buy six weeks in a row. So that means, so if you don't have, you know, $180, at least you're not going. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, however that works. So, and I do, but I do like what they did though with the seats. They do have two, three, four, and six um, uh, sets of seats. So if you come with a party of six, they will put you in that section. If you come with a party of two, there are more options for you. If you come with a party of three, there's some more options for you and four and so on. But I think to mitigate the risk, you need to have the same people. Um, and and that's obviously comes down to people that are, A, willing, because they are fanatical enough to do it, um, and able. Because I don't know if I can commit to six Wednesdays in a row to go down to downtown Jacksonville to the stadium. Um, so I mean, I'm, 10% what? ain't that bad. So well, well, 10% is 500 people. Yeah, uh, yeah. At, at Daly's place. So, but yeah, the thing right. is, is that I would rather have 500 people than 500 people over six weeks. That's 3,000 potential different people. Do you think how many of those 3,000 people over six weeks are doing everything that they need to do to not contract the virus? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's there's definitely no faith in humanity here. Well, <laughs> Daily's place know, could have you know the the, the so national guards there, and it wouldn't make a difference. But that's my point, though. So six weeks from now, we're at the beginning of October. They're going to see three thousand ish different people between now and the beginning of October, and from who knows where, and from too. who knows where, because I can fly down to Jacksonville on a Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, Florida, Florida doesn't even have a quarantine period, does it? No. Oh, boy. So, well, so coming back uh, no, no. there, you get quarantined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, going home, that's a different problem. <laughs> but, but, the, but, that, but that's kind of the thing. And with most places, uh, if you're trying to go to the Caribbean, you can, but you better book a month. 
because you're going to have to stay in your hotel for 14 days. You're going to have to do this and you're going to do that. If you're not able to do these things to go, then don't bother. So that's why I think that if they did it for four weeks, maybe six is too long, and and get the same fans in there, the people that are dedicated, that are going to bring the energy and also bring the safety where they know that they can test these people and start a concurrent trend, then you're doing something. But with that many different people, that's risky. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, you got to charge. You know, I, I didn't see it was the tickets for sale where they just reservations, but you have to charge because regardless of people do their due diligence and their health, and their health and safety measures, CDC compliant guidelines, at least you got your money. Because again, I, I don't trust humanity. They can set up everything they want. They can set up uh, uh, portable or disposable bathrooms at this point, and people will still find a way to, you know, go against the grain. But yeah, I, I think you know if if they can you know obviously g- generate some revenue here and do this consistently uh, and and try new business measures like you said, get, be able to sell people uh, five tickets at once or whatever it may be, then cool. But on another note too, besides safety of uh, of of the people that's attending, safety of your staff members here. If you're still gonna have your talent in the crowd, please by all means make sure that you know there's a clear. Uh, decisive par- barricade that, that keeps them well, away from uh, the to, journal. But audience. to be fair, though, if you're going to have that many people, 500 people plus ring crew, television production staff, which may bump that number up to 700, okay, fine. How is that any different per capita than catching the bus? And people still got to do that. So, I mean, if you catch the bus or the train, you know, in your city, and the bus has, you know, 15 or so people on there, and that's about five people too many, are you going to be late to work or are you going to go get on the bus? Yeah. So these are the decisions that people have to, you know, deal with that I have to deal with, um, <laughs> you know, coming, going to and from downtown. Yeah. It, when look- I personally go to an AEW show, if they had a residency at, at Capital One Arena or whatever it's called now, probably not. But I don't see how the, the difference between going to the show, if you can drive yourself and be safe and all that good stuff, and catching the train, because you can socially distance and stuff like that, is similar. That's why I think that you need to mitigate the amount of different people that come in. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great idea. Quick question. Let's get to the news after this. We're all in Florida right now. We're all in Jacksonville, Florida. Would you be going to um, AEW first? It's hotel down there. This shit is outside. So I don't know. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't chancing none of that yet. I'm not sitting outside for two and a half hours in, in I, Florida weather. I swear <laughs> to God, if there was, the, if I wanted to go, I need to come in. I want, I want to be one of the ones who are tested with wristband and then that wristband yep. tested crew. That's the only way that I'm working in there. There's no way I'm, I'm signing a waiver. But see, I'm, that's the thing I'm though. In Gilligan's Island, so they could, they could do that if they, no. if they, if they no. no, that's it. If you, if you have the same people come in. And you bring them and you test them. You can test them every week. This is part of the thing. You can yeah. do that with the same people. You exactly. can't do that with everybody or their mother coming over the course yeah. of forever. Exactly. That's what that's what makes it risky. I, I really, it will be interesting to see how that process changes or evolves. Next week we'll have so much more to talk about because we have to talk about the the, the fallout from this weekend. Uh, what time does AEW? What time is it actually going to come on? Uh, what happens after the first? Oh, well, the first show is the twenty seventh. So seventh. Mm-hmm. So we got two weeks to talk about that. We'll see about the reactions for Thunderdome 
uh, from tomorrow and this weekend as well, too. Anyway, I just had a quick follow-up really quick. Uh, do you see this being a future pricing model where they're offering season tickets in wrestling events now? It has to work. It just has to work. That's why this is important. It has to work. And you, the, to be honest, the big thing is, is all sports are looking at each other right now. Uh, I forget who it was, but was it was it boxing? Somebody else has made a pitch to saying they're going to do a residency soon. I can't remember who it was, uh, but um, and football is already thinking about doing a bubble for their playoffs. So everybody's looking around saying, well, how do we get this to work? The NBA is a selling right now because the NBA is they make the money off of their TV deal. So there is selling good here and they're not having no cases and so on. Baseball has their model. Soccer, especially overseas, has their model. But everybody's looking around right now. So, you know, and UFC is doing what they have to do. UFC is already going to be in the green because of their ESPN Disney deal and their pay-per-view deal. Stack, you know, their unique model for viewership. So, and they still have their local sponsors with Buffalo Wild Wings and so on. But, yes, I think AEW, if they do decide to do something like uh, a season pass, if you want to call it, or like a, a A-plus member tier or elite member tier, because, you know, as I said, everything needs names. Um We'll see. We'll definitely see. Not to mention, I didn't read too much into this. I'm not sure if this came across your, your timeline, but uh, what's his name? Ian, uh, why is his name slipping out of my head? From ROH. Uh, Ian Riccoboni? Yes. I saw him use the hashtag ROH bubble. Yes, they're running a bubble. They well, are about to tape. All right. Be curious to see what happens there. Did see Gresham tweeting about ready to get back in the ring? And, mm-hmm. and, and so we know things are coming. But they're saying bubble yes. because they're not going to necessarily use a residency, I wouldn't think. Most of their talent is local anyway. Why, why not? I mean, okay. they, if, why, why not run the UNBC um, center? Um, school, like, school, school. That's the if, reason. School. Well, uh, even if they had school, number one, nobody's playing college sports. Yeah, but school so still the is, school's still in session at a at a – at a capacity, students may not be there, but facilities is so. We'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. But I just was curious to know what was there, what was coming up with that because he they used that hashtag, and I didn't see much other information besides yeah, from, from trying to get ready to get back in the ring. Yeah, so. From what I've heard, they are about to do tapings and they're doing them all at one location. It could very well be UMBC, and it's somewhere in Maryland. They're they're working with the um, Maryland State Athletic Commission. Yeah, sure yeah, so th- they're definitely they're trying to do everything as above board as possible. And from what I've heard, they're being pretty damn strict, like UFC level strict. But they haven't t- maybe they're since everyone's talking about entering the bubble. Like if you look at Ian's feed and all that, like in the last couple of days, they're talking about, you know, first day in the bubble and all this. Maybe they're taping this weekend is the plan. They're kind of like quarantining everyone for a couple of days beforehand. I don't know, but it's definitely imminent and about to happen. So yeah. we'll be very curious to hear how all that works out. Like I said, everybody's looking around. Everybody's trying to make decisions to get and going or ways they can monopolize their circumstances. So like I, you know, AEW and what they do, there will be changes from other people's based on what they do, the results, revenue, obviously. And then how did they do successfully with their safety? So uh, I, I think we're going to definitely be talking about, um, a lot of different things in the next couple of weeks about changes people are making to cope in 2020. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it seems that they're not really addressing the the key issues here because if Ring of Honor tapes a show and nobody's there to watch it, 
Did, did, did it even really happen? Yeah. <laughs> News, Jamal. News, Jamal. <laughs> News. I, I, I'm just saying. News. They, they, News. This ring of honor air. So uh, this week, uh, let's go through. Let's go through it quickly. And the, and the big thing this happened this week is that, um, well, Sonya Deville has a fan. I wouldn't. And, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that a fan. Oh no, no, she has a fan. He call him. He call himself that. Yeah, because yeah, because that literally means fanatic. Somebody who is a, uh, you know, a little bit um, on the borderline on the crazy side about the things that they like. So uh, this South Carolina Atlanta man uh, drove uh, to Tampa, Florida area where Sonya Deville lives. Um, broke into her house. Uh, luckily, she was able to escape. You know, from a different part of the house, and the police actually caught him there. Um, they wind up charging him with, uh, yeah, um, a bunch of different things, breaking an entry, you know, a- attempted, uh, kidnapping and, and a bunch of other stuff. Everybody was talking. What? Did they not charge him with like, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what the, the term is, but attempt to assault or what is it? Cause they uh, say no. he came with, like, they weapons and stuff. Well, no, he, he, there, there could not have been an assault if he never encountered her. They got him on breaking and entering. So, so it him. was it was aggravated stalking, armed burglary of a dwelling, attempted okay. armed kidnapping, and criminal mischief. Attempted armed kidnapping. I guess that's where I fall yeah. into. Okay, yeah, cool. because I'm sure that's because of the zip ties and the um the knife. Okay. Well, well, yeah, the knife and the pepper spray uh, right. is is more okay. of the armed okay. yeah. bit of it. Um, but the, anyway. the long long and short of this guy, guy is, um, don't be that guy. Yeah. Fuck you know, yeah, I mean, like, seriously, you know, we all love wrestling. We all love things. Um, you know, Sonya is, is a beautiful woman, as, and that's the part of the point. You know, she has a great look, and that's why she's on TV, and you're not. But the bottom line is, don't be that guy. Um, you know, there's cameo for that. And if, if you really want to, you know, talk to Sonya Deville, pay her $300. <laughs> that's as close as you're going to get. But don't don't be that guy. It's, it's just dumb. Um SummerSlam is happening this weekend. AEW is happening Saturday, and they're actually going up against NXT TakeOver for a little while. Are they? Because the NBA might got something to say about that. No, they are. Uh, the NBA, the game that precedes AEW starts at like uh, 3.30. So unless they go into seven overtimes, it'll be over before six. Four, five, six. Uh, maybe. Basketball games don't last three hours. There might be an hour and over of overlap at seven o'clock. From yeah, seven yeah, o'clock. exactly, yeah. Well, no, well, no. There is an hour overlap between in the seven to the eight, eight o'clock hour because Dynamite will be from six to eight. Yeah. Um, but the question was, will the NBA affect when Dynamite starts? And I don't think it will, unless the game goes into several overtimes or has some unforeseen building weather injury delay. Um, aside from that happening, it's you know it, the show will go on at six o'clock. Takeover starts at seven. The interesting thing about that, of course, is how will the ratings look? Now, we saw that, a, that NXT went unopposed and they had their biggest uh, number of the year. Now, granted, it's the go-home show before TakeOver 30 in your house, but 843,000 uh, is a pretty strong number. I guess the big thing about that is maybe it's fortuitous that – this happened where it's the go home show, you know, one of the biggest shows before their biggest takeover, thirty. It's kind of a thing, and then it goes into, uh, and then they run out of post. They should have cracked the mill. They didn't. 
also interested is what happens on the flip side of that, because in early September, I think the uh, Wednesday before Labor Day, uh, you're going to have NXT preempted for a playoff hockey. Uh, NBC owns the USA Network. The USA Network is going to cover a couple of conference final games um, in the in the playoffs that September second. Uh, um, so look for that. Look for September second to have playoff hockey instead of NXT. The rumor is that NXT will air on Tuesday, September the first. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Dynamite runs unopposed. Uh, and obviously cracking a million uh, viewers is kind of like the bar that fans seem to have set. But it will be interesting to see what happens um, as AEW are coming uh, off their, yeah, they're coming off their biggest, uh, not the biggest show, but the big pay-per-view as All Out is uh, September 5th. So this is their go-home show. So how the turns have tabled. Moving right along, we talked about uh, the Thunderdome because that's a thing. Um, the big thing is going to be, of course, is how it will look for SummerSlam. Now, obviously, SmackDown is going to be tomorrow, and they're going to do the Thunderdome, you know, uh, there. But how will it look for Th- SummerSlam? And assuming, long-term thinking, this goes on into next year. How will this play into like the things like the Royal Rumble, Money of the Bank, you know, WrestleMania even? Um, will we see this Thunderdome experience expanded over a larger space, say a football stadium? Um, I, I think this is like definitely the test as WWE looks, realizes that they can't do this much longer and they go with this new setup for the foreseeable future. So hopefully. Much like but, I said earlier, much like I said earlier, if it works, you know you have it there. If you need it, then go to it. Is this yep. is this a test run? There's nothing. There's nothing that should that should be the ultimate solution for the future. But in in the stake, in the, for the sake of 2020, and especially right now, um, just ride it out. I, and also, I think this is also predicated for how long the residency um, um, uh, contract is. So. You know, maybe, maybe that's how you kind of put this into perspective. But yeah, there's no way that I think they're like, yeah, hey, this is the ultimate way to go. And again, like you said, WWE have to try something new. Here we go. So yeah, give it a sample dose. Give it three months for for what it's worth. Well, and you know darn well with what AEW is doing, you know they're oh, going to yeah. be looking at that and just like if that works, if they manage to have these fans at Daly's place Next spread month. out and things are September. okay. They'll be trying to edge towards that. Maybe you end up doing a mix of it where you have like the Thunderdome screens in certain sections and fans well, it's only in other on the first sections, level. you know? Yeah. yeah it's, it's only on the first level and they can, and the Amway Center has three. So yeah. you just put the, put the people on the top level. Exactly. You can easily get a thousand people up there. Yeah. You can mix and match it and kind of do a hybrid of both. So, I mean, you know, well, I mean, they're going to be looking at this deal at Daly's place and they're like, okay, you're dipping your toe in the water first. Let's see how this works. Y'all going to be the guinea pigs. And if it if it blows up in their face, they're going to be like, okay, Thunderdome it is. Well, it's <laughs> also an indoor stadium, too. I mean, Amway Center is indoors, so I think that's another health issue that right. WWE needs to kind of worry about. Very Unless possibly. they move it to the trop, like you were saying, Jamal, move it to the trop, and then you have your outdoor setting and just have, uh, what is it, Royal Rumble in Tampa. Well, I mean, to be fair, Tropicana Field is, a, is in a completely enclosed dome stadium, too. Uh, also... Um, also, I want to throw a wild card factor that Las Vegas has got to be salivating right now, wondering how they can also get in on this uh, residency thing. 
There's nobody more Vegas, Vegas just reported uh, strip clubs having COVID cases. So I don't know if anyone wants to have athletes going to Vegas anytime soon. Because well, uh, from what I read, kids, there was a stripper who used her body as a project, projectile device <laughs> and thus we on someone. I read that today, just saying. No, but UFC ran an event, uh, their last event in Vegas. So, you know, when you when you start thinking about the idea of doing residency now, WWE doing it, and others could be obviously entertaining it, I would I would imagine with them already having things open and having fans in a, one of the biggest tourist towns in all of the world, that they might be lobbying like, hey, if you can't get it done there, let's make it happen here. I was I would say that Impact could be an interesting wild card for this, as they have shown face in Vegas a lot. So we'll see. But they've been close set for the, for the longest. So we'll you know we'll see if they make any changes. Yeah, ROH same thing. They have a big show in Vegas. Uh, you know every March or so. So uh, you know Vegas is definitely a city for hosting events. But you know if not Vegas, then other cities could definitely host it. As we move towards winter, uh, New Orleans has a dome, Phoenix has a dome, and decent weather. You know, in the, in the winter, uh, Houston has technically two domes. I don't know if the Astrodome is actually, you know, out of commission, but um, you know, Dallas has a dome at several arenas. So, you know, it's not just on this place or that place. You, it's logistically you got to get people in there. So, yeah. do they have a decent airport? Do they have decent lodging? You know, and, are and they? People, and people are traveling to Vegas. That's the thing. Yeah. People are going to Vegas now. I'm not sure about New Orleans. I'm not sure about other places. Well, um, I don't York, think the focus should be on not. getting fans there. But but the idea is, can this place handle any fans safely? St. Louis has a dome that nobody uses because the XFL is not anymore. Yeah. But St. Louis is not an attractive city, but people live there. So, so a thousand so people. San Diego, stop. yeah, true that. Yeah. True that. Um, yeah, and that's another thing too. Baseball is going to be ending in November. So are we talking about having baseball stadiums used? They're outdoors. True. You know, Miami has a dome. Um, the, you know, the, the Padres jersey, the new retro new, is yeah. amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, solid jersey. Um, yeah. Okay, a couple quick things. Uh, Orange Cassidy on this uh, coming uh, Dynamite on Saturday will have an in-ring interview. Oh, boy. Exactly. <laughs> I uh, think we saw the shark. And Cassidy is on the launch pad. Let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> but, th- but to be fair, what do you do with a guy like that? You know, he's obviously over on television, over with the fans. Um, you you, you got to progress his character somehow. And obviously, an in- in-ring interview is kind of, I don't That's know. That's it. Hey, look, me and Will got experience with Orange Cassidy interviews. And I would say that... Uh, it is definitely going to go exactly the way you think it's going to go, but nonetheless entertaining. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll really see, you know, how that works. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, so to think about the bubble, because WWE kind of has a bubble, is that a lot of the matches on SummerSlam that, that are coming up with, obviously, with title implications and other stipulations is um, we've seen these matches before. Yeah. So no, no matter what the uh, storyline is, uh, you know, getting into or, or the, the background looks like or whatever, are you willing to watch a match that you've kind of seen before and, and arguably didn't like? So that's going to be interesting to see how SummerSlam uh, plays that. I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to spend, you know, a couple hours watching it, but may, maybe the maybe the Terror Dome or the Thunderdome may uh, make a change of mind. <laughs> The Prince of Mystery, Prince Mysterio, 
could make his day, uh, will make his in-ring day, debut for WWE for SummerSlam. Uh, Ray Jr.'s baby boy, Dominic, uh, is rumored to be going by Prince Mysterio, which makes sense uh, because his father's the king. So why, why couldn't he be the prince? Uh, I really hope that this is a thing that, you know, this is his end. I mean, he's done the work, you know, uh, whether you like him already, or not. He already said he has a contract there. Ain't no end. This is the start here. No, no, this is the end. I end. You know, this is the end. This is, this is oh, where we end. finally see him ingratiated in the WWE. Yeah, yeah. And, and good for him. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Renee Young apparently is leaving the WWE. Uh, you know, so there's uh, strong rumors that she will be going nowhere to where. Nothing uh, confirmed yet, by the way. On I any just said it. that. No, I mean, nothing confirmed about her leaving and or where she's going. It's still rumored at this point. Right. right. Well, I yeah. just said that. <laughs> God damn it. Am I talking to myself? So Renee Young is rumored to be leaving WWE. Oh, no. Jamal, Full stop. Just, just FYI, when anything is considered a rumor on wrestling, wrestling Twitter, it's a fact. So that's why I put the extra emphasis on it, because people are already running lines and headlines saying that, She's leaving because of this and all this other stuff. It's like, it's a rumor. How are you okay. guys coming out there with puffing out chest with these solid facts that aren't even, nothing has came came out about. But yes. Sidebar, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is a rumor. Um, and I understand that. Uh, but, but, but I think that it's worth a discussion because obviously Renee Young has yeah. done really everything that she could do in WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband doesn't work there anymore, which may or may not mean anything. But especially since you know, her show got canceled uh, in backstage, never really got off the ground. She really doesn't like and or and was not good at commentary. Uh, so what else could you have her do that she hasn't done before? So if she is leaving, um, cool. I, I think that she was much better in uh, the podcasting, free willing um, ESPN like thing that she did when she was up in Canada on the score. Um, you know, she could obviously talk wrestling. But talking wrestling and have a Vince McMahon yell in your ear for three hours to tell, you know, hit things in commentary are not the same thing. So uh, whatever she decides to do, including her new cookbook that should that's in development. Uh, good on you, Renee Young. If this is, uh, you know, goodbye, then goodbye and good luck. And that's the news for this week. Well, you forgot two things. Number one, if she does do anything, ESPN is the perfect place for her. So go get no. that money. They go wanted get, her before. Yep, go yeah, get so, that money. Mm-hmm. Go get that money, a hundred percent. I forgot who went before her, but obviously, I think Renee. Why, why do you think it's about the money though? Because she can make bank at WWE. I don't think it's about the money; it's about the work. Well, like I was about to say, I can't think of her name, but whoever went right before her that did the same thing as working to deal with the two of them. It's always about the money in the profession, and it, the only way is up. And you're you're not going to compare Mickey Mouse versus WWE, are you? So that ESPN check that could be waiting there on the table for her. Um, and her having the Tulich uh, in WWE, the pedigree, and um, obviously having Fox on her resume. The, ESPN is the only way that you make more money here. Unless she, she could transition to- outside of wrestling or ESPN. She could she literally doesn't need do- ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I she could do Good Morning America. Or Fox Sports yeah, or something. She, she's or, a big yeah. enough name herself that she could develop her own things and work on her own terms. And also, more Very importantly true. than that, she really doesn't necessarily need the money. If it were a cash grab, then she would she would have been gone. Because people oh, she, have I, been. I don't think she's going to have to worry about money. 
She's going to get paid. No, she, no. She's talented. After coming off this WWE run, I mean, I think the big thing is she's been there a good eight years. She's done everything she can do there. Like I said, she did the commentary. She did it, the backstage. She got her own show. She had a season of Total Divas. I mean, there is no st- stone they left unturned with her short of throwing her in the ring. She did everything she could do there. So he, he, sky's the limit, I think, as far as where she goes or what she can do. But I think she's done with wrestling. I want to I want I want to be clear here when we're saying that she's done everything she needs to do just because she has touched all these different things as you named they did not utilize her in the way that she needed to be done when talking smack came out that was the epitome that was her niche right there mm-hmm. and they completely ripped that away from her so like utilizing her or putting her in the right position because nobody I, watched it I, mean, I, like, think, I think we will argue different about that. I think a lot of people was watching Talking Smack. I mean, we got a lot of good content out of you. Even said it yourself. That no, no, wait, 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 wait. Those are two different things. You said that we got a lot of good content. That does not translate into viewership. And and the bottom line is, is that they cut Talking Smack because people, by and large, on the network didn't watch it. I, and, and and when they when they came up and they looked like, like the top ten network shows, Talking Smack was beaten by like Spring Stampede. So I'm not saying that Talking Smack wasn't a good show. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're having the show and you're having the, you know, the content, that's very different than people watching week to week. And they were not. Even if they were able to still do that, like they should have done with Backstage and stuff, put it on FS1, put it in on Fox, whatever it may have been, like keeping her in the style of, uh, of – programming that works best to her they just never utilize that in the right way so i I mean yeah sure we can say it's not about the money or she don't need the money but why not continue to go up i wish i could think of the other up doesn't necessarily have to equal a a specific dollar amount we're talking about working happily not necessarily being more financially endowed And, and, and again that's the first thing i said if she leaves good for her because she can leave on her own terms and do her own work but if she wants to take the money and run, then fine. She can do that, yeah. too. Like, don't think the WWE won't back up a truck. Yeah, Char- and Charlie Caruso is what I'm thinking about here. That's the that's the happy medium I'm saying. What about well, they get her? did it before her. Yeah, exactly. But what about they get her to do something in a role like that with AEW and ESPN? I mean, again, I'm, I, I think that in, in the world of reporting, I think if you done conquered everything in WWE, and maybe she may be done with wrestling, whoever it may be, but I would it's just like uh, DC right now. You know, he's done with the UFC. So now WWE is lobbying for him. Fox is lobbying for him because they know that, hey, we know that this person's skill could be utilized here. I would I would not be surprised if ESPN is getting ready to load the Brinks truck up and say, hey, we absolutely can use a talent like that. And I know that the offer has had to been already thrown toward. They wanted her before, like Damian said. I just would not be surprised if that's where her next venture was. And she did express how she needed uh, well, more freedom in her creative. And Charlie Caruso is the perfect example because she's one of the first people to, to be able to do, one of the first people, like I said, wanted to do ESPN and WWE instead of just WWE in which they four. just throw Renee, Renee Young all over the place. And she never really got her feet into a position that worked best for her. Every time she got something, it was taken away. And she's been very adamant about not being happy about losing her show. And even when talking smack went away, raw talk was still there, which made no sense to me. And so, where did that go? <laughs> it, it stayed around much longer than, than talking smack. Well, I mean, the, the idea for Renee young, and this is the thing about like the work 
she can go and play for the Yankees and make a killing, or she can go be developed into a system and run a city. And there's a difference between Cal Ripken, who owns Baltimore, metaphorically speaking, the sports world, and some guy that, that got paid a mint to play in the Bronx for two years. So which do you want to do? Do you want to be rich or do you want to be remembered? If you can do both, good. But we're not, we may not be talking about a scenario like that. And I think that she's come to the point in eight years of WWE being brought up from Canada um, and, and doing things, she can now go on her own terms and go get work done, whatever that looks like. And if she wants to plant poppy seeds in the, in the field with Martha Stewart, then cool. If she wants to host a video podcast, if she wants to host AEW's a backstage show or whatever. I'm cool. just I'm just saying I like Renee Young, but she's not Ryan Seacrest. She's not going to just go wherever she wants. She well, it has Ryan to be Seacrest something. has 50 jobs though. Yeah, but Ryan, that's because he can do it all. He is a big commodity when it comes down to announcing or reporting or hosting of any of that sort. She could ultimately get there one day, but I think right now. You know, the resume she built in WWE gives her the opportunity to go to the next level. And then after ESPN, once ESPN, Fox, and WWE's on resume, then you can start talking like she's legit done every bit of sports reporting, analyst, backstage, whatever it may be. What's next for her? And that's when I think you have to start thinking like, all right, she's way beyond the brand now. She is a brand. And I, I don't, I just don't see her name in that tier of these other people who can say, I'm leaving this and I'm going to bank on myself and do something like that. And there's going to be a wide mass of audience, you know, lobbying for her. She's not quite Aaron Andrews yet, but it could be a step in that direction. And Aaron Andrews came from. So once you do that, you know, and and it's just what it is. You know, I I love the idea of people going in and banking on stuff and doing it and everything, but we understand how reporting is, you know, and we know that, once you get to a certain tier, you know, or, or gain a certain audience, because Renee Young was never bigger than WWE. But when you become bigger than WWE or ESPN, people like Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, and so on, then you can go out there and do what the hell you want to do. Get your own radio show, <laughs> the network, whatever Stephen it is. Stephen A. Smith had a radio show before ESPN. Exactly. But I'm saying he can go do whatever he wants now. Just like Skip made FS1 watchable. It wasn't yeah. standing sharp. It was Skip Bayless because of what he did with Stephen A. Smith. Heck no, heck no. And now, now, and and, and Uncle Skip, and Uncle uh, Uncle Shane is the must watch now. But you know, it, it had to work, and they had to go get Skip from ESPN to make that FS1 uh, undisputed compete with uh, with First Take. So you know, I will say this: Renee Young in three years will be a lot to talk about, and I, I'm happy for her if this is truly what's happening. If she goes out and she's starting to go on her own journey to become bigger than uh, the WWE brand that she was under, I think there's potential because I think she has a lot of different skills that people can utilize. By the way, it, unless anybody else had to say, we didn't talk about the WWE meet and greet real quick. That's happening for SummerSlam virtual meet and greets starting at the price of 125 which includes a two-minute private one-on-one. Two with minutes? Two minutes. That's you can get Keithley, you can get Bailey, you can get Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. People, are you spending one twenty five on this meet and greet? That hold on, who who had this meet and greet idea before? And they said you couldn't record it or anything of that sort. Who who was that? 
Someone, I don't know. That was um, NWA, right? Wasn't it, wasn't, it the, wasn't it the thing the NWA did when they had the um, the show with the fans in it? No, 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 no. Remember before we talked about it where it was somebody hosting, and I, was it WWE? That you got to do a Zoom call with people, and they had all these rules. You couldn't record it. You couldn't do a whole bunch of other stuff, but it was something on the tier of this. I, I'm going to think about it, obviously, after the show. But, uh, not quite cameo, but sort of like it. Well, I think it's interesting, the hypocrisy in it, where people are saying that, hey, WWE is doing this thing, and how cool is it? And then AEW did a thing with $50 a year for for ladies only and, mm-hmm. and all the things with AEW. Was, people were like, oh, my God, how dare you make people pay for your shitty fan club? Oh, I remember now. It was the It was the eBay thing. Remember the eBay oh, thing, the auction yeah. where you can. It was a, it was a sponsorship auction. Yeah, that you got to, whatever the bid was, you got to do a video call with the person, but you couldn't do anything. You were just talking to somebody for whatever price that that auction went to, and that thing got crazy. I mean, we we saw people at like five hundred dollars, whatever. But you, that was five hundred dollars of two minutes of your life that you just lost. But oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Here we are with one twenty-five for these select superstars. The one thing I'm gonna say about this it's to keep in price. mind is when people are going off about the price on it, like WrestleMania weekend, SummerSlam weekend, these big WWE event WWE event weekends in the old days when they would have you know the access or whatever, and they right. have the meet and greets yeah. there. A lot of those prices are a lot bigger than 125, and you're sure not going to get two minutes. You're going to get all like maybe 15 seconds in a photo going <laughs> up there after you, after you wait through that line. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, 125, where you're doing it, don't have to go anywhere. You get to keep the video. <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. I think people a lot of people don't realize how expensive some of these meet and greets get. As far as you know, comparing it to the heels thing, yeah, the heels is cheaper at fifty bucks. But the I think the big part of the problem with heels was how they marketed it as a safe space, but it was behind a paywall. That's yeah, a, right. I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Well, I mean, most safe spaces are behind a paywall. I can't just walk <laughs> into Costco. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's man. true. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, that will definitely be the show tonight. We got everything covered, but man, I, I can already see now we got a lot to talk about next week. Obviously, coming off of this week of AEW uh, Dynamite on Saturday, NST Takeover 30, SummerSlam, uh, the first production of WWE Thunderdome, Thunderdome on Survivor Series and on um, SmackDown. And then next week, you know, we'll get back to everything being regular on Wednesday. We'll see what other crazy news comes about. Uh, uh, But, yeah, we'll definitely be back each and every Thursday live on Twitter, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at BGB Group on Twitter. Um, And as always, if you are listening to the podcast, you can catch us on all audio platforms, Google, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever it may be, and get all your news and information at uh, BigGoldBellGroup.com That will keep you updated with everything that's happening As far as our podcast Other news, other reviews Other good stuff, so definitely stay tuned To that, and on top of that You know, contests Something we've been doing more often, so just definitely stay tuned To our Twitter page where you can um, See more and more contests that we'll have Fans involved with 
But yeah, that would do it for us for tonight. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you then.